The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now. Visit winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. Head over to prizepicks.com, use the promo code SGP, get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free to play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head to head matchups. Download the app today or just head to betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com, slash S-G-P-N. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, indeed. Humongous world welterweight title fight weekend in Las Vegas. And we are ready to talk all about Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, and much more on your home for the sweet science. Your one-stop shop for everything boxing. Whatever you need for the fistic art, we have it here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am simply the somewhat capable host. In a moment, senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com, Marquise Johns will be here to set me straight. We'll go over the news of the week. Why is Canelo Alvarez not fighting a super middleweight or a light heavyweight, but instead a cruiserweight next? Do I see this correctly? Marquise will be here to explain. We've got other news of the week. Uh, as well to go over and then obviously a big time preview of Crawford and Porter WBO world welterweight title fight Bud Crawford undefeated arguably his toughest opponent to date as a welterweight is a premier boxing champions fighter in Sean Porter former WBC welterweight world champion we got lots to get to on that and later on in the show we'll go out to Las Vegas where this fight is being held TC Martin back again from the TC Martin show he will be there at ringside uh, for the the upcoming 12-round WBO World Welterweight title fight on the Vegas Strip at the Mandalay Bay. We'll talk with him. We'll get his insight the whole bit later on in the show. Quick reminder, again, whether you found us through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com, however you found the show, subscribe, follow or subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. There are thousands of you that have found us. We keep looking at the metrics and the analytics thousands of you that have found us in October and November. Keep subscribing. Keep spreading the word. We are we are like uh, a good infection right now in terms of boxing. I don't know what good infections there are, but we're, we're infectiously good here. And so spread it. Spread the infection. Spread the knowledge. Spread the guests. Spread all that we're doing because we break it down. Everything that's happening. I mean, coming up, we're going to talk about fights in England. We're going to talk about fights in Australia as well as fights here in North America 
much to get to on the show. And if you subscribe, it comes automatically to you as a weekend preview, usually out Friday, midday Eastern time, previewing for the weekend. And again, that DAZN show is a Friday night show with Demetrius Andre defending the WBO World Middleweight Championship. That is a Friday night show in New Hampshire. If you're listening to us on Saturday, you're obviously already going to know the results of that fight card that also has Julio Cesar Martinez on it, defending a flyweight world championship and others. But we try to stay relevant for Friday and Saturday as best we can on the Big Fight Weekend. And to help me do that is the senior writer, BigFightWeekend.com. Hello, Marquise Johns, back with me yet again. Uh, you're about the only person that didn't proclaim that you want a WBC mandatory title fight at their convention in Mexico City. I look forward to that, though, that you'll be lobbying the WBC for a title fight. Anyway, how are you? Pretty good, TJ. I, I was going to, but then I saw the same face that Samson Lukowitz made when he wanted to put in for David Benavides, and his face fell to the floor. And I, I, I didn't want that to happen to me either. <laughs> yeah, let's explain this again, that from their meeting, let's get right into it. Canelo Alvarez, fresh off of becoming undisputed super middleweight champ, will not apparently be fighting David Benavides or Jamal Charlo or anybody else at 168. He wants to move up to cruiserweight and explain what happened with the process here, because it's a lot like uh, bidding at an auction where Eddie Reynoso stood up and said, this is what we want, right? Pick it up from there. What do they want? Absolutely, TJ. Not only do they want to fight uh, with Canelo, I'm referring to it, at cruiserweight, he wants to fight at the uh, the new weight pound limit they made uh, exclusively for this upcoming fight with uh Ilinga uh, Makabu, I'm probably stabbing the first name, but I know the Makabu part's right, uh, to 190 pounds. So, TJ, uh, not saying that Canelo was cherry-picking here, but there's an article that we wrote for Big Fight Weekend a while back where Polly, Polly Malinaji was complaining about Canelo hopscotch, hopscotching his weight classes like he's doing now. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, that's wearing its ugly head. And Makabu, uh, in terms of cruiserweights, TJ, may be the, the weakest link out of all of them, personally. And this seems, honestly, TJ, you also looking in like uh, the easiest way to make history by taking the, the weakest of, 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 of these up. Uh, Interesting. And Elonga uh, Jr. Makabu is unbeaten but little known. He supposedly has a pretty good punch. Uh, he's got the WBC cruiserweight uh, I didn't want to correct you, DJ. He, he, he did lose, I think, once uh, to Tony Bellew okay. back in 2015. <laughs> All right, so Tony Bellew did beat him uh, yeah. previously, but this is a guy that Canelo wants to challenge. All right, what is your read? Do you agree with the analysis here that this is doing a disservice uh, in, in that uh, Makabu is not as big a threat as what Benavides might be or what Dimitri Bivol might be at light heavyweight, et cetera? What say you, Marquise? Uh, personally, TJ, in terms of fight matchups, uh, Canelo versus anybody we're all usually watching, Makabu probably wouldn't have made the top 50 of that list. Uh, I'm going to be honest. But the one thing I, I thought was really interesting about all of this, TJ, is that we're at, once again, we're at the mercy of Canelo Alvarez picking who he wants to fight. And mm -hmm. the people who don't get that Canelo fight are now left at the altar pretty much standing, looking crazy with the wedding gown and the flowers and no one to throw it to. So, But by the same token, Deneb David Benavides, who won last weekend in the Showtime main event in Phoenix, he eventually stopped uh, Chiron Davis. Mm -hmm. What in the seventh round, the corner mercifully finally stopped that with Benavides pummeling him through the middle rounds of that fight. Yeah. Benavides has been his own worst enemy. He got himself stripped not once, but twice of the WBC belt for a positive pre-fight cocaine uh, positive test. He later got stripped again for being three pounds overweight. So he never got the, the meal ticket fight with Canelo in part because he couldn't, he couldn't keep the, the title on his own outside of the ring. So he's going to have to wait. 
Um, as we were talking last week, uh, you know, maybe it's a situation where he has to wait until this fall, the upcoming September of 2022, to get the shot. That appears to be how long he's going to have to wait. In the meantime, Benavides is going to have to fight somebody else uh, and, then, and then get the chance maybe at, at Canelo Alvarez. Do you believe that Canelo's punch can translate at 190? It did against an aging, tired Sergey Kovalev. He got him in the late rounds and was tired. The punch translated there. Do you believe it can translate to cruiserweight for Canelo? I, I'm willing to find out, TJ. I'm, I personally don't think it will because I think at this point he's, he's jumping way too many weights to get to it. But the one caveat for this fight, whenever it comes to fruition at some point next year for 2022, is that it's at 190 pounds, which is, I think at this point, TJ, for Canelo, pretty much just walk around weight. So if anything else, we'll know what he looks like walking around punching-wise. So if anything, he'll be more comfortable. And the guy he's facing, at, he's, he's, he's going to be 35 by the time it's all said and done, TJ, and this is going to be what it is. <laughs> they did. They showed these guys on Thursday at the WBC convention and Makabu standing on the stage with him easily two or three inches taller and easily 20, 30 pounds heavier standing there, whatever about walk around rates, weights, whatever uh, that, I mean, it is going to be interesting, uh, you know, whether or not that punch will translate or not. Also at that same convention, we were wondering if the WBC would order uh, the Tyson Fury, Dillian white fight as the next fight. They stopped short of doing that. And in part, it's because White still has legal action against them, as we explained on the podcast and you talked about last week. It's going to arbitration. Is he really the number one contender? What do I keep saying? The WBC and these organizations make it up as they go along. And so they refuse to rubber stamp that fight, White and Fury. Your reaction, Marquise? Trying to figure out why they aren't rubber stamping it at this point, DJ. At the, the way they're saying it up now is that they're still having Deontay Wilder as the number one contender. We all know the next fight for Tyson Fury isn't going to be Deontay Wilder, Tyson right. Fury 4. So it has to be somebody else. And at this point, if it's not Dillian White, then legal, legal lawsuit nonsense or not, then who is it? Pick somebody, make somebody, make the fight happen. Keep Tyson Fury active, which is a bigger yeah. problem here than anything else. Interesting that Joe Joyce is now second on the WBC rankings, although is it really considered second or is Dillian White sort of first and then Wilder and Joyce? We don't know. And again, uh, this is worth bringing up. There are two things. One, White got knocked unconscious a year ago in August by Alexander Povetkin, an aging Russian former world champ, cold cocked him with one punch. So you could have an argument there that you're no longer the number one contender if you've been knocked out like that in a recent fight. Yes, he avenged that fight by beating Povetkin in the rematch, but you lost to him in the first place. So you could have an argument he's not number one because of that. And the second thing is he bagged his own scheduled fight with Otto Valin. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. That fight was supposed to be October 30th. He would have had a much bigger case if he had fought Valin, uh, the Swedish heavyweight contender, fighting out of New York and had been very impressive and won it, it would be, it would be a much more compelling argument. I believe that didn't happen either. And so keep, keep one other thing in mind. We hear Eddie Hearn talk constantly, just a carnival barker about what's going to happen. Uh, you know, come on down, step right up. My guy's going to get this shot next. And all the time, all the time, it doesn't happen. So still hasn't happened for Dillian White. May not happen. Tyson Fury may be fighting somebody else coming up here besides Dillian White. We'll see. We'll see, TJ. And, and I want to keep in mind that uh, my, my boy, Ajit Cable, looks Cable, more and more realistic yeah. by the day. 
Unfortunately, and on so many is levels. officially ranked eighth in their latest rankings. If they make that fight happen in Caballel and Fury, could that happen early next year? Uh, we will find out. Uh, a couple of other uh, news items from this week. Tim Zhu, the Australian number one junior middleweight contender for the WBO World Championship, won again, uh, was impressive. Even though he didn't score an early knockout, he beat Takeshi uh, Inoue, a Japanese-born mm -hmm. uh, uh, former world title challenger at 154. Th this was a one-sided fight that that Zoo landed most of the heavy punches, dominated the action. He just simply couldn't knock him out. He knocked him down finally late in the fight, couldn't knock him out, got the decision. I guess the real question is, is Tim Zoo going to come out of Australia in 2022, come to the United States, and get a world title shot? Because, I, I mean, other than this, uh, we're going to be left to him fighting whomever's in Australia, and I don't know that most of the rest of the world's going to care about that. We've seen that for the last year with this guy. He's clearly a star, but you got to take the next step, don't you, Marquise, Tim Zhu? Yeah, TJ. And also at this point with Tim Zhu, especially in his name of Australia, I think he's ran out of domestic guys to beat up on down there at this point. So he has to fight someone either that we know in the United States here or a more and more common name. And I think that happens at some point in 2022. The one thing that helps out with this also is I really think they're going to order that fight between uh, Castano and Sue at some point because he is the mandatory challenger. And we haven't heard anything about that uh, Charlo Castano rematch anytime soon lately. So something's going to happen. Why not? Jamal Charlo, Brian Castaño, undisputed junior middleweight, highly entertaining, highly controversial draw. Many thought Castaño had won the fight this past summer. Mm -hmm. Why is that fight not back on for January, February, something like that as a rematch? What is up? That that's what I don't get, TJ. Both these guys are under the same banner. They're both PBC guys. Both have the same belts. They're fighting for the same thing. I think at this point, is this a matter of are they? If it's, I'm, I'm thinking, TJ. At this point, it has to be on Charlo's side of the fence because Sino's been wanting to fight whenever at this point because he wants to stay active because he was because uh, Brian Casano, uh, TJ, many folks already know, has already dealt with a layoff before the pandemic when all this happened, and he wanted to stay active before to begin with. So I think at this point, there's they're waiting on Charlo to figure out when he's going to re re restart this matchup again, probably in Texas again sometime next year. All right, we'll see what happens there. And again, the winner, it would be very intriguing to have Tim Zhu fight the winner of that fight next year. And Zhu has certainly uh, built his name up in Australia. That fight's not going to happen in Australia. Uh, Jermel no. Charlo is not going to Australia. And I doubt Brian Castaño, even if he wins, goes to Australia. I think uh, I think uh, Zhu's got to come here uh, to fight in the United States if uh, that is the case. I think that's pretty well everything with the news of the week. Marquis, stand by. T.C. Martin in Las Vegas will be up straight ahead. He's talking to us about Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter coming Saturday night. Marquis will be on the backside with his thoughts on that fight, the matchroom boxing show that is in New Hampshire, of all places. Demetrius Andrade in the main event, defending the WBO middleweight title on Friday night. Prior to the Saturday night, Crawford Porter top-ranked card in Vegas. We will cover all of that coming up. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, it, pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. 
We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today, get a special offer, get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app, visit WYNN bet.com that's wynnbet.com to find out more right now if you're ready to play if you're ready to win they're the premier sports betting experience download bet and win with winbet and we're brought to you by the guys at prop swap america's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets prop swap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself You see a bet you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price that you think is fair and then buy it. Use our promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So your bet doesn't have to win to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. Prop Swap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Better Fantasy, the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand new company. They're looking to grow their adopter community. It's a slick, fun app to use. And one of the reasons why we love it here at SGPN is prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download Load it for the iPhone or for Android. Check them out on the web, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell it B-E-T-T-O-R, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks and the daily fantasy that they have made easy? You're going to love it if you just check it out. It is free to customize your sport and give you some under and overs that you like for the upcoming week as well. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. And Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes every game. They offer any prop you can think of yardage touchdowns in football interceptions thrown three pointers block shots whatever in basketball on and on and any users that deposit right now on prize picks and use our promo code sgp get a 100 percent instant deposit match up to $100. Again, pick two to five players, pick an under over on their projection, went up to 10 times the amount of your entry. It is you against the projected number with prize picks. Again, use the award-winning app in the App Store, the Google Play Store. The entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is easy to sign up and to get in with prize picks. And again, use our promo code SGP. Get a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100. Go to the App Store. It's prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. We're also brought to you by our friends at BetQL Daily. Do you feel like the last one out when it comes to sports betting? You don't know where to start? understand where the market is moving and use smart bets out there and have some fun while you're doing it with our friends at BetQL. And the BetQL Daily is a must-listen show for sports bettors and fans 
alike. Check out these guys. They're hilarious. They mix it up. The insults are flying between the hosts and the betters. It's interactive. And the guys, Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth, they serve up what they call wager entertainment, the sports talk you love with betting insights that you need each weekday. Find out where the market's moving across the week on the biggest sporting events. If you miss out on the early games, BetQ Daily has you covered there too with recaps and some of the the best uh, recent line movements as well. Again, check them out at BetQ Daily. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start it with BetQ Daily. Listen weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern Time on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, BetQL Daily. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and See who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. As promised, I keep saying this. I've been talking to the doctor more recently than I have been talking to my spouse, which is not a good thing for me. But T.C. Martin is all over everything in the Vegas desert. The T.C. Martin Show is heard five days a week out there. He will be there on scene for the WBO World Welterweight title fight. Terrence Crawford, unbeaten record on the line against Showtime, Sean Porter. Always good to have T.C. Martin back on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Brother, we have reached the cusp of the fight Saturday night. How anxious are you for all of this? Very excited. Uh, Much anticipated. Uh, This battle between these two guys. uh, This is a fight we've been wanting to see for a very, very long time. And I know both fighters have been wanting uh, this fight as well, too. You know, again, there's a long history between these guys, how long they've known each other. They basically agreed not to fight each other going back a a few years back. And then uh, Sean Porter really pressed the action because, you know, Sean really wasn't getting the fight that the fights that he wanted. Uh, Crawford obviously wasn't getting the fights that he wanted. So, uh, you know, kudos to Sean for really pressing the button here. And then Bob Aaron for stepping up here. 
uh, doing the price, uh, doing the purse bid, uh, because what Bob Arum did to pull this fight off is should not go unnoticed because the Rocky relationship between Al Heyman and Bob Arum, top rank in PBC is noted, even though, as Bob says, these guys have gotten together and worked on a couple mega fights with Fury and Wilder a couple of occasions. So things are getting better. But this was a fight that uh, Al Heyman really didn't want any part of. And it went to purse bid. Bob got it. We got it done. Uh, they're going to the Mandalay Bay on Saturday night. This fight sold out in three weeks. So we were together. Uh, kudos to the doctor because he is styling and profiling every Friday at the Cosmopolitan Hotel much of the year, if not the whole year. I was with you out there with the fam and Showtime Sean Porter was on the show. And this was um, early July, early July. He was trying to speak this fight into existence. He said on your show back four months ago, I believe this can happen. I'm talking to Terrence privately. It can happen. How much credit do we give him for lobbying for this thing to all parties behind the scenes, Porter, to make it happen? Like I said, it, kudos to Sean for making it happen because he wanted, you know, this fight. And we had the, him and I had the same conversation going back a year ago. And he says, he goes, we're just agreed not to fight. I mean, we're friends. We're not going to do that. But over time, over the last year, the relationship kind of soured a little bit. And it really soured more on, on Terrence's end. I mean, Sean was saying, you know, maybe, you know, let's, let, let's try to, you know, let's, let's, let's do this fight. And Terrence basically went silent on Sean and that hurt Sean because here's guys, you got to remember, they've known each other since the amateurs, pre-amateurs. These guys both started when they were six and seven, eight years old. They, these guys knew each other when they were teenagers and uh, the families know each other. Uh, one from, uh, you know, from Akron, Ohio, the other, you know, from Omaha, Nebraska. And so they were fighting in the same circles as amateurs. They became friends and uh, they sparred together way back when. So it's just one of these things that now that they're both in the same division, they said, Hey, you know, we don't want to fight each other. But then, you know, when Sean was reaching out to him, Terrence basically wasn't returning any texts, any phone calls, nothing, nothing. And then, so Sean felt like, Hey, this is, this is something that's, that's personal here now. And uh, they finally got the fight done, but it was because of Sean Porter wanting to make this fight happen. And Bob Arum uh, finally stepping up to, to make it happen. Well, and it's it's well documented. You alluded to it that the biggest part of the problem was the other welterweights, including Errol Spence, including Manny Pacquiao, Keith Thurman. They're all tied up as PBC fighters, and Al Heyman was not having any part of it. And so that's part of the big frustration with Terrence Crawford as the backdrop to this fight. Number one, he hasn't been in the ring in a year since the Kell Brook win. He's been greatly frustrated by not being able to get a big time fight. So before we get into the tactical and the X's and O's in just a second. Is this it? Is this exit visa here for Terrence Crawford under top rank and Bob Arum? This is the final goodbye. I'm going to fight one last big fight. Then I'm going to be a free agent, kind of like what Canelo Alvarez is doing. What is your read on that for the world champ that's unbeaten? Well, this is his last fight under the top rank contract. Uh, I know both parties have said privately that they would like to extend this contract and get it done, but they decided not to talk about it until after this fight was over because it could, you know, go in a different direction for both parties. I mean, if Ter Terrence Crawford, you know, loses, uh, maybe Bob Arum is going to say, Hey, you know what, uh, you know, enough of Terrence Crawford. I've had him for 13 years, go his own way. Uh, if a Terrence wins, you know, where does he go to PBC? He has just wholeheartedly said in the past, I want nothing to do with Al Heyman. I want nothing to do with PBC, but you know, at the end of this fight, at the end of this contract, 
if Heyman says, hey, we'll give you X amount of dollars, uh, which is kind of shocking to think because Heyman doesn't do that, or if there's somebody else out there that's willing to you know, promote uh, Terrence Crawford, whether it's DAZN or, or whoever it is. So that's a big question mark. But we do know that after this fight, uh, Terrence Crawford and Top Rank are no longer liable to each other. Um, over on the Sean Porter side, the Heyman side, I think this needs to be said because it's not being said. Sean has been thoroughly frustrated uh, in the Heyman camp uh, for PBC because he felt like he got passed over. Those fights that everyone was talking about with you know, Earl Spence and Keith Thurman. Well, why not Sean Porter? The moment, you know, Sean begged for a fight with Keith Thurman. And that fight was supposed to happen two years before it happened the first time. And then they fought. And it was a razor close, thin decision in favor of um, Thurman. And Sean said, immediate rematch. I want the rematch. And Heyman and Thurman said, nah, we don't want any part of that. And so Sean was left on the sidelines having to fight, you know, other guys. Uh, he fought Ugas, if you remember that. Ugas was right. kind of a, you know, people didn't know him. Now we find out Ugas is a, is a champ and he retired Manny Pacquiao. Uh, he, you know, Sean fought Earl Spence, fought him tooth and nail. If Sean doesn't go down in that 10th round on that flash knockdown, who knows? Sean maybe wins that fight. Sean won an immediate rematch. Spence said he was going to give it to him. Obviously, he didn't give it to him. The, the injury happened. And then even after Spence came back healthy, healthy enough to fight, he bypassed Porter. Al Heyman didn't force the fight. So you got to remember, Sean Porter is feeling what Terrence Crawford is feeling, but in a different way. Sean's feeling it under his own umbrella because there are so many of those Walter Waits like we've talked about, but they all fighting each other. But Heyman is very careful in who he wants to match. And all Porter wants to do is stay active much like Crawford wants to do is stay active, but there's no one underneath the top rank umbrella that Porter, I'd rather that Crawford could fight. So he's had to go to other promoters that Aram has been willing to work with. And that's why we've seen these type of second rate fights for Crawford. So the, you know, like I said, X's and O's it's, it's fantastic. But then when you look into the politics of boxing, the behind the scenes stuff that a lot of people probably don't know about, this is fascinating for both guys as well, too. And talking with both of them, knowing how frustrated they've been for the better part of the last three or four years. Voice of TC Martin. Love is inside. He's with us on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. You find him at TC Martin 21 on Twitter. TCMartinShow.com has everything there from his live show to the archive shows under the podcast, his interviews, his analysis, stories. TCMartinShow.com. He's on five days a week in Vegas in the afternoons, two to four Pacific time. He is always great to be with me here, and he's only got a couple minutes left before he's got to scoot. So what does this fight come down to in your mind? Predict the winner if you want, but what, what are we watching for early? What are we watching for as it develops for either Crawford or for Porter? What does it come down to? Well, I think both of these fighters are very diversified, and they got a lot in their toolbox. And that's the, the narrative, one of the narratives that comes into this play that's a false narrative that people say, well, Sean Porter is a bulldog. He's got that bulldog mentality. He's going to put his head down. He's going to be sloppy. He's going to be reckless, comes into fights. Not true. Uh, Sean Porter, if you've watched the way he's fought uh, the last few fights, especially Earl Spence, and I'll even go back to you guys, uh, even Danny Garcia. I mean, he, he can give you that, that bulldog mentality, as I like to call, and come in there and wail and, and frustrate a guy. But he's been very tactical as well. To his own... Um, uh, the way Sean has said it himself, becoming a broadcaster and doing these fights with PBC um, 
you know, has really made him a better fighter as well, too, because he's really got into the analytics of it all. He's analyzed all these fighters and this, that. And think about it, TJ. He is the only guy that we can speak of that is, is commentating on these major fights when he's not involved and he's still fighting at the highest level for world championships. He's the only guy that can do that. And Sean has the smarts and the intellect uh, to do this. And I think that does have something to be uh, to do with his uh, success and his intellect and his high ring IQ. So that should, we should recognize that first and foremost, that Sean Porter can give you uh, a variety of different styles depending on his opponent. And you look at Spence and you look at Garcia, you look at Ugas, uh, that's on full display. One thing that if there is a criticism of Porter in particular, does he hit hard enough? Because you referenced those fights with Spence, with Thurman, go all the way back to the Ugas fight. Where's the huge punch? Where's the knockout power? We think we've seen uh, Crawford get to guys, show the power, et cetera. Does Sean Porter have enough punch in this fight? We talked to you about the same thing with Caleb Plant two weeks ago about fighting Canelo. Does he have enough punch? Does Porter have enough punch in your mind? Porter does have enough punch, especially to the body. You got to remember, he really excels at going to the body. And uh, you got to remember the guys that he fought, he hasn't put them down because those guys got solid chins. The guys that we're talking about of, of Spence and Garcia and, uh, you know, Ugas uh, that we've seen as well, too. I mean, Pacquiao delivered some crushing blows to Ugas. And then, uh, of course, Thurman as well, too. Thurman, you know, is known for having a solid chin. So, yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with the opponents. As far as Crawford goes, you know, Crawford is one of these guys that's very tactical. He's got power as well, too. Uh, but again, the big narrative of this fight is the, the competition. And granted, uh, it's true. Terrence Crawford at the welterweight division has not been in with anyone like Sean Porter. He hasn't been in with the top tier class because he hasn't been allowed to fight those guys because the top tier class are all in, under the Heyman PBC umbrella. But if we go back, you got to remember Porter's pretty much been at 147. Heck, he was, you know, 160 earlier on and, and he's settled in at 147 for the majority of his career. Crawford, you know, was a lightweight, worked his way up to junior welterweight, and now is settled in at 47. But, you know, again, he fought some very tough competition, you know, Benavides and, and, and other guys, you know, you know, below him. But once he's got to 147, he hasn't faced that type of competition whatsoever. So it's really not fair because we really don't know what Terrence Crawford is going to give us uh, in the ring against a guy like Porter, who's going to press the pace, who's going to be rough and rugged, and who has this experience and is not scared of anything. Honestly, when we look at uh, Crawford's past four or five fights, maybe except for Victor uh, Postal, um, you know, these guys really have been afraid of him and didn't want to engage with him. And he's had to go get him and chase him down. And maybe it's been a class machine, mismatch. Cavaloskis was the only one that really hit him out of the last four right. or five. Right. would be probably the only one. But you're right. When you're yeah. watching the Kell Brook fight or when you were watching Jose Benavides or whatever, he overwhelmed those guys. I completely, I completely yeah. agree. One more, because you are the doctor. You're the unelected mayor of Vegas. Interesting venue, the Michelob Ultra Arena. Tell me more, because this is not the MGM Grand Garden Arena that is very famed. Uh, where they had the Canelo fight. This is not the T-Mobile arena where the Vegas Knights play hockey, where the Fury Wilder fight was. Tell me more about this venue because it's a little smaller that you're going to be in. And does that make a difference? Well, you got to remember uh, the history here. Okay. Uh, the Michelob Ultra Arena was just, you know, renamed this past year, but the Mandalay Bay 
event center, what it was called before. It was remodeled uh, for $10 million about two years ago. Uh, this is a very historic venue. We've seen classic fights in here. I mean, one of the greatest fights of all time, uh, the wars that we've talked about so many times before with Diego Corrales and Jose yeah. Luis Castillo was in yep. this building. I mean, there have been so many championship fights. We go back to, you know, uh, uh, plenty of movies have been have shot in this exact same arena. So Mandalay Bay is famous for fights. And I go back to this. A lot of people don't know. Here's some trivia for you that, you know, who helped design this arena? Bob Arum, because wow. they wanted to make this a boxing first venue. So top rank held a lot of fights back here, back in the day. Uh, it was just that when the MGM came along, the MGM had 15 to 16,000 seats, the Mandalay Bay held around 10 or 11,000. And then they built T-Mobile arena and T-Mobile can now fit up to 19,000 per box. If I'm correct. Uh, Aram had Oscar De La Hoya had Manny Pacquiao, Absolutely. like early two thousands constantly fighting oh, yes. in this venue. Oh, yeah. And it's just remodeled is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. All the greats have fought there. Exactly. Yeah. So there's some history there as far as being a smaller event. The only reason they're fighting there, uh, is because. You've got college basketball at T-Mobile Arena this weekend, and uh, the MGM is, is is booked as well, too. So they went back to, to, to history. And at Bob Aaron, believe me, top rank, and both these fighters would love to have a larger venue because this could have sold out the MGM or T-Mobile Arena. Like I mentioned, they sold out the 11,000 seats in about three weeks. And so that is the venue. That's the setup. Do I sneak a prediction before the Dr. T.C. Martin is out of here? What do you think ultimately happens? Or are you a little bit conflicted because you're with Showtime Sean P. a little, uh, Terrence Crawford unbeaten? I have my thoughts. Do you have a thought on which way you're leaning here as we head to the yeah, weekend? Yeah, well, yeah, I got I got plenty of thoughts. First and foremost, let's remember, this: is, if it wasn't for Fury, Wilder 3, this would probably be fight of the year. But it's going to be hard to top that with the five knockdowns and the and the, yep. the knockout by Fury, no question. But this has all the makings because this is literally a coin flip fight. Now the odds makers, obviously, they don't follow the sport of boxing, and then they're making their odds because they're thinking they're going to get you know tons of favorite money because Terrence Crawford is is a favorite name, so they have to make it high enough to entice people to bet Showtime Sean Porter, who has fought very few times here in Vegas. The guy has lived here for seven, eight years, and he hasn't had a fight really in Vegas uh, in, in that time. He's only had two fights in his whole career here. So he's excited uh, you know, to, to fight here. And again, so the odds are a little ridiculous when you're looking at odds. And we can get into that too. I mean, right now, uh, Crawford's minus 900 and the buyback is, on Sean Porter is plus 600. And that's a ridiculous line. So of course, Sean Porter is a live underdog, but odds aside, he's a live underdog because he's a two-time welterweight world champion. He can is not going to back down at all. He is going to come at Crawford. He knows Crawford inside and out. He can be tactical. He can adjust uh, during the course of the fight. This is going to be a heck of a fight. It would not surprise me if Sean Porter wins this fight. Terrence Crawford is the favorite, deservedly so, probably just because he is a little bit more well-rounded uh, from a boxing perspective and maybe can, can deliver some things uh, that could frustrate Sean a little bit. He has got the reach. That is the big advantage. But as far as skill set, they're both 10s. As far as intellect, they're both 10s. As far as desire, they're both 10s. Uh, so honestly, this is going to be a great fight. Uh, my prediction, uh, I'm rooting for Sean, of course. I think it's he's, he's a live bet at plus money. I mean, you're never going to get a guy like this at this kind of odds again. But 
probably the best fight, uh, the best bet is to lay a little juice. You're gonna have to lay a lot of juice actually, but only like 250, 260 for the over. This is gonna go rounds. Okay. This is a distance fight. I don't believe that either guy can knock the other guy out. It's not because they don't have the power, not because they're not capable enough. It's just the way they're going about this fight. Uh, it, it should start off maybe a little bit slower. Sean will probably bank some early rounds because Crawford is a notable slow starter. He's going to like want to, he likes to pick and feel his opponent a lot like Lomachenko does in his fights. And uh, so Sean could be ahead on the scorecards after five or six rounds. Uh, they're going to mix it up. They are going to deliver blows. They'll both go to the body. It'll be tactical. And this will go into the later rounds. It should be a distance fight. And again, the guy who can bank the most rounds is going to be the winner. It could be the guy. All right, and we'll see what happens. We've been big on the overs in this fight. What if they set the over again at this one? Ten and a half. Moved? Ten and a half. It's ten and a half. It's been around yeah. nine and a half or eight and a half at some of these other big fights. I, you know, so I would we'll think see. they would be smart to put, you know, the distance on this thing at, at 12 rounds because that's where really it should go. And then they could you could get good two-way action. But right now, um, you know, you're, you're laying 260 because they're getting all one-sided action because people are, are believing what I'm – you know, what I just got done saying that, you know, this has distance written all over it. Two tough fighters. We'll see how it goes. I'm intrigued by this thing. It's one of the best fights uh, being saved for the end of the year. And somebody is going to not only win this fight, but have a massive opportunity in their next fight. Uh, whoever wins this has a massive opportunity looming uh, down the road if they get this win. And that's what we love about this. Dr. Plug away as we release the podcast here on the weekend, how they find you, how they hear your stuff live, how they hear it archived as we lead to Saturday night. Go. All right, tcmartinshow.com. You can listen to the show live Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific, where you can always uh, go to the podcast section. Uh, the show is always up there every day, an hour or so afterwards. And then, again, like TJ mentioned, uh, we got some great interviews, the interview page, one of the classic interviews. We got some, some great stuff uh, from whether it's boxers, football players, announcers, all that's there. And then just on display each and every day, uh, the regular guests, the show is just what's happening, happening timely each and every day. So go to the website, check it all out. And also our blog on there, we have a featured, featured blog up there. You can see my preview with this fight with Crawford and Porter, talking a little bit about what we touched upon here, a little behind the scenes stuff. And then also uh, the featured interview that we have up there right now is with Timothy Bradley, who actually mentored uh, Terrence Crawford is up there as well too. And uh, Tim Bradley, obviously on the call with ESPN plus ESPN pay-per-view this weekend as well too. And then uh, talk to Al Bernstein today. That'll be up on the website as well too. So a lot of great content overall, but when it's fight week in Vegas, you will not find any better place uh, than the T.C. Martin Show. And this guy is our go-to guy on the Big Fight Weekend podcast whenever we're talking Vegas fights. Again, Tim Bradley interview, Al Bernstein interview up on his site, tcmartinshow.com. You are always gracious to give me time and the breakdown. I say this to you frequently. I am profoundly jealous. One of these times I'm going to get out there with you for a big-time title fight. Marquise got out there for the Wilder Fury fight with you. I'm going to get out there one of these times because the doctor always rolls out the red carpet. Be well. Have a blast Saturday night. We'll see what happens with Crawford and Porter. Thank you, my friend. Looking forward to it. Take care, TJ. Love the insight of the doctor. Call back in. Marquise John, senior writer, bigfightweekend.com. All right, so TC just laid out all of the different angles for this fight. Uh, and ultimately, he believes Sean Porter has a great chance to win it against Terrence Crawford. Let's get right in here on what you think this fight will come down to because 
I, I think it's fair to say it's Crawford's biggest test as a welterweight world Wait. champ. And it's really Porter's last big chance at the big stage because he had the big stage. I think this is fair to say against Daryl Spence. He didn't win the fight. He had the big stage against Keith Thurman before that. He didn't win the fight. If he fights in this one, even if he fights well and he doesn't win the fight, I don't know if he gets back on the biggest stage at 147 again. That's me saying that. Marquise, what do you have to say? I, I don't think with Porter at this point, uh, I, I heard a phrase this week that I thought was kind of dis, this kind of disheartening him for what I heard about Sean Porter. Dave. Someone mentioned uh, Sean Porter being an eternal gatekeeper, which I thought was kind of disingenuous considering that he was a title holder, by the way. But the one thing that Porter does have working against him, TJ, it's, it's, it's Terrence Crawford. And that's, that's problem one. Problem two with, with Porter on this is that if, if in order for Sean Porter to win this fight, he has to fight his fight and somehow find a way to outbox Terrence Crawford. Those are two things I don't think are ever going to happen in my lifetime, let alone Sean Porter or anybody else. So that that's the issue I have with it. But the, the one thing about Sean Porter with this fight is he's going to make this interesting in terms of just competition because Terrence Crawford for the last two years, TJ, I mean, Kell Brook, three rounds. Ivunas Kavalaskis, seven rounds. Mean machine, right, Ho right. Yeah, a who's who, TJ, of guys who we haven't heard from ever since. So, and, and Jose Benavides, for example, that's another one. Granted, he had a car accident, but he just showed up out of, out of the woodwork on last weekend on Showtime. Uh, it didn't look too good. But, no, but but for Sean Porter on this, it, it, it's got to be a fight that he has to do have his fight, and he has to somehow either outbox Crawford and somehow start off really fast, which is going to be really tough for him. Uh, I asked TC this. It's kind of the same question we asked about Caleb Plant last week. Does Sean Porter have enough punch here in your mind to make this very interesting with Terrence Crawford? Speculate. What do you think? I don't, TJ, only for the simple fact that Sean Porter's last fight against Sebastian Formella, he, he won that fight easily 12 rounds to nothing and threw about 5,000 punches at Sebastian Formella. <laughs> he still stood upright at the end of it, TJ. I still can't figure that one out to this day. And credit to Formella, maybe he's training with a granite chin, but not every welterweight at 147 has a granite chin. And I don't, I don't think this is the case. <laughs> well, I mean, we didn't reference this when we are talking news of the week and the recaps from last weekend. We just saw an IBF flyweight title fight with, what, Kiko Martinez, an yes. aging former champion, land the one big punch on Kid Galahad late in the fifth round. Knocked him down, rocked his world, and he finished him off with the first punch of the sixth round. One punch can change everything. The question just is, can Sean Porter land that? We believe that Terrence Crawford can land that one punch on Porter. Yes. Can, can Porter do that to Crawford? That remains to be seen. For our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast, for those that are interested in short-term investment on this fight, mm -hmm. Uh, Crawford is the overwhelming favorite. Which way do you side with an under-over of 10.5 rounds? What do you like here? So, so, so the, the odds makers are saying this fight's pretty much going to be essentially a, a mirror representation of Crawford, not Crawford, but uh, but Spence Porter in that 11 and that, that 10 and a half is the, the same around the exact same time when Spence knocked out Porter in that fight, which was pretty much the deciding factor of it. So if that's the theory that they're going with. I'm going to go with the complete under on this only because I think Crawford Crawford stops guys and I, I really think that Porter may be this, this the next in line with this. So more so than laying the money on Crawford, like TC was talking about, you like the under here. TC brought up an interesting point. 
that mm-hmm. he really thought the books might make this a 12 round under over where you had to start by, is it simply going to go the distance or not? And then move the line after that. But he said, Hey, they started it at around 10 and a half and it has stayed at 10 and a half for the under over a thought on that. That's interesting. Actually. I, I just don't see this fight actually going to distance. That's my bigger concern with it. Actually. Cause I would have thought the same thing where I was like, Hey, if this fight's going to go to distance or not, you just pick 12 or yet 12 or nay. And then you just bet, 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 bet with the best bet and go with uh, Nay. But no, I just don't see this fight going to distance, TJ. I just think somehow, some way, Crawford clips Porter somewhere in the middle rounds of this fight, and it's going to be more and more, more the same when we figure out where does Crawford go from here. <laughs> and I said this again to TC. I want to say, uh, get it from you. If Crawford yeah. wins this, I mean, this elevates him tremendously uh, into a leverage position now at welterweight especially. I know there are others that believe that he might move up in weight at 154 and get a shot at Jermel Charlo, especially at Undisputed, blah, blah, blah. But this would be his most significant win at welterweight, especially if it's a knockout win over Sean Porter. It elevates Terrence Crawford where he has not been elevated in years at 147. Yeah, absolutely, TJ. No, if, if Crawford stops Porter and he makes it in, in spectacular fashion, he's the number one guy at 147. There's no Spence Crawford conversation. And there's no ifs, buts. We we know it's Crawford, and then there's everybody else. It, it, it cements a lot of those conversations, and this would be his best win because the names that he's fought at 147 before are just just a list of also reigns at this point. So I, I I do wonder with Crawford though, if he beats Porter, what will be the next big fight? Because he he's got to cross the street again to do this again at some point. He's been mentioning Keith Furman all week. I don't think TJ. I don't think Furman's leaving the house. So uh, it's got to be somebody else and. Let me throw a name. Let me throw a name. Keith Eidick said to us that even though Jerron Ennis, Boots Ennis, our guy, even Mm -hmm. though he's been fighting on Showtime, he is not under the PBC umbrella. He's not a premier boxing champions fighter. Would that be a name if Crawford wins and he wants to stay at 147 that he can easily make a fight with a dangerous Ennis, who's a Philadelphia guy, undefeated, up and coming? That's juicy, but is it realistic? I, I, personally, I like that fight, but if, if Crawford's given the option to either to fight uh, Boots or Virgil Ortiz next year, he's probably moving up. So I, I, I think he, he actually, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go with that now. I think he does move be, up. It wouldn't fight. be a lucrative <laughs> fight necessarily with either Ennis or Virgil Ortiz. It certainly would not be as lucrative if he could fight Errol Spence, which I don't know how realistic that's going to be, or if he yeah. moves up to fight Jermel Charlo. That, that's going to be a much more millions of dollars worth of fight on that. We'll see. We'll see if that's the case. All right, let's go in order here just while we're on the top rank ESPN pay-per-view card for Saturday night. Anything of interest besides the main event, even for wagering purposes or whatever? Anything else that you like? On this card, TJ, no, we are all here for Ter- for Terrence Crawford and Sean Porter. This is one of those five cards that uh, Top Rank pretty much has a, a couple of prospects on the very undercard of it. Adam Blue Nose Lopez is going to be on the plus portion of this card. He's interesting to watch, but outside of that, nothing out of the order. It's a lot of, show- it's a lot of showcases on this one. Well, and keep in mind, again, because people keep bringing this up, you got to already have an ESPN Plus subscription, and then it is $70, $69.95 besides that to get the pay-per-view. They're going all out. For example, when Crawford fought Kell Brook a year ago, that was just on main ESPN. It wasn't even yeah. a pay-per-view. This is different a year later in November for this fight, and part of that is got to be able to pay these guys. Uh, it's not going to be a massive live gate. Uh, for example, for Crawford and Porter off the 11,000 fans that TC was talking about in the Michelob Ultra Arena at the Mandalay Bay. We'll see. So on Friday night, DeZone Show, Matchroom Boxing, Demetrius Boo Boo Andre defending WBO middleweight title, undefeated. 
He's cried for years about not being able to get better fights against better fighters. And here he is against a guy in Jason Quigley that's not a household name from Ireland. Tell me more. Are we intrigued in the least on Friday night in New Hampshire? You know what, TJ? There's going to be a lot of fun uh, trivia facts about this fight card in New Hampshire. It's going to supposedly have about 6,000 people at this thing at the uh, Southern New Hampshire Complex. The largest crowd in New Hampshire history for championship boxing, TJ. All 6K to watch. <laughs> Jason Quigley. Demetrius Andre. I, I isn't could, that isn't I that could, the equivalent of it's the it's the most people we've had in the drive-through getting the happy meals at McDonald's? I don't know what that really means. The biggest boxing crowd it, in New it, Hampshire. It, it's the best day of jury duty is my only assumption at this point. But <laughs> the one thing with does it just the zone card TJ is that it's it's actually a, a halfway decent the zone card even for matchroom standards and I'm I'm using the first one to pile on some of these god awful undercards the the prelim portion is, is must skip must skip TV but the actual uh, the zone portion that starts at eight o'clock Eastern TJ they put four title fights on this card in New Hampshire I mean granted one something. of them is the, is the main event it's yeah I mean the main I mean grant the main event is quickly you know Andre I mean but but still but there's, there's other, other other important fights on there there's the Martinez fight Julio Cesar Martinez, McWilliams Arroyo, they've tried to make this fight twice. And what this Julio fight, Cesar Martinez had COVID-19 and then Arroyo got hurt, if, I, if I'm hurt. not mistaken. Yeah, so this had, has like, been delayed. Flyweights, they throw a lot of punches. And Murajan Akhmadiyalev, if I said it correctly, uh, is a very talented junior fe- featherweight, unified champion Akhmadiyalev, if I can get it out, fighting Jose yes. Velasquez. That's another title fight. And we even have a ladies junior uh welterweight world title fight as well so that's yes. not bad on the disown card here for friday night andre the main event yeah i mean the main event is what it is but no no the, the, everything underneath it tj is actually pretty solid i'm actually looking forward to that women's fight uh, kelly reese is uh, uh, a fighter who's who's been on the, on the rise here tj and pretty much she's in, in line to face chantel cameron in the event that the winner of this fight on friday night either be kelly or jessica camera camera because uh, it's, it's, it's gonna be a new unification bout between the uh uh, Kelly's perfect WBO belt uh, as part of it. So it's, it's it's a big night of fights for all uh, in, in, in beautiful New Hampshire. I, I wish more people were there to see it. <laughs> we will see what happens with this. Again, Andrade is a 15 to 1 favorite on Quigley. The under over, though, what did I see? The under over is like seven and a half or eight and a half rounds. What's the under over on that one? Yeah. That's interesting that the odds makers at least are trying to entice people that Andrade may end this quickly by the seventh or eighth <laughs> round. Are you nibbling even on that? <laughs> not at all <laughs> if, if if Demetrius Andre who's been talking all week actually in circles mind you leading up to this fight uh, there's uh, Matchroom sent out a press release uh, TJ Abubu uh, uh, saying that he can put on more skills than Caleb Plant but that's for another time for another day with all that but the problem with, with Andre with this is he hasn't stopped anybody and he's well known at this point not stopping anybody it's been a long time if he couldn't put away uh, Maurice Selecki in one round and that went the distance and his last fight against uh, Williams went the distance and Luke Killer took 11 rounds mind you it's I, I think Quigley is smart enough to go to distance. He went to quizzes with Shane Mosley Jr., who I think actually is a little One more One of the criticisms actually. of Andrade is that he looks good early in a fight, and then it's like he puts it on autopilot of, hey, I've gotten a knockdown. I've banked some early rounds. It's now on cruise control. I'm just going to box. And it's not exciting. It's not thrilling. He's got to be better than that. He's got to be more marketable than that. And I still, I'll say it one more time on this podcast before we get out of here. How is Jaime Munguia not in front of him as the number one contender? Munguia won last weekend. He's been the WBO number one middleweight for a year and a half. 
How is that fight not ordered in these corrupt boxing organizations that impose their <laughs> will over and over again whenever they want to? How have they not forced Andrade fight Munguia or else? That's got to happen soon. That's got to happen sooner than not later, TJ, at this point, especially since Munguia won this past weekend against Gabe Rosado. And at this point, he, at this point, Munguia is ready for a title shot, and Andre has a title shot, a title in the his hand. The same WBO that told Anthony Joshua, you have to fight Alexander Usyk or else. The same WBO that said it's going to purse bid Terrence Crawford, you have to fight Sean Porter, is the same WBO that should say, after this shenanigan fight here with Andre and Jason Quigley, that, hey, you have to fight Jaime Munguia next or you don't have the belt anymore. That's, I mean, they, they did it twice already. Yeah, it's, they're going to have to, TJ. And at this point, this will be the fifth European opponent that Deon, that Andre's facing, courtesy of a match from Eddie Hearn. He's got to face someone that we all won't actually see him face now at this point. Okay, we'll find out. That's the Friday night DAZN card again. Saturday night ESPN top-ranked card in Vegas. And uh, once again, Marquise will be all over the fights in the preview mode, the post-fight mode, et cetera. Anything else in closing before we're out of here? Uh, just keep an eye out, TJ. There's a couple of uh, little smaller cards out in the UK. Uh, this Pro Bellum Boxer stuff that uh, you, you see floating around, uh, they have a fight card coming up this weekend, and a lot of the uh, 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 castaways for our UK friends uh, who've been seen on Sky Sports, such as Natasha Jonas is in action. A lot of those folks are on that card. It's, it's, a, it's a startup, TJ. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing what they're doing, but I think they're, they're trying to, to place themselves as the successor to a uh, uh, putting on uh, fight cards like similar to Queensberry because Queensberry currently doesn't have a TV deal. So someone's got to put fights on in England and that they're looking to be the next one ramping up here. Interesting. Keep an eye on all of it. Again, this man is all over it. Marquise Johns at Week Sauce Radio on Twitter. Plug away for yourself, the site, all of it. Go. Absolutely, TJ. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Week Sauce Radio. We'll be on there all weekend long, keeping an eye, eye on these fights, see if uh, Andrade gets a knockout. TJ, they will make a national holiday if that happens this Friday night in New Hampshire. Otherwise, uh, just keep an eye on the bigfightweekend.com for the actual recaps, news, and reviews of everything else. We'll keep an eye on uh, anything interesting on that card, as well as Terrence Crawford, uh, Sean Porter this weekend on Saturday, as well as anything else news-wise comes down the pike. Uh, they've, they've been dropping these news announcements of these fight cards, TJ, for better or for worse, and uh, they're all, all big fight weekend as well. Check them all out there. And again, we hope that Crawford Porter is a very entertaining fight. And again, Andrade is a New England guy. We haven't said that already. He's he's that's the that's the regional draw in New Hampshire. Yeah. We'll see if that fight's exciting at all on Friday night. Marquise, thank you. Thanks so much, DJ. We thank TC Martin for being with us in Las Vegas, helping us preview Crawford and Porter. Reminder again, whether you found us through a social media link or sportsgamblingpodcast.com, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, get them all. Subscribe. We come automatically to you on Friday in the preview mode heading to the weekend. We love breaking down the fights. We're good for now. Read the site, Big Fight Weekend. Find us on social media, at Big Fight Weekend on Twitter, Big Fight Weekend Facebook page to stay engaged with all of our content, all of our stories, etc. For now, we're good. For Marquise Johns, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy Crawford and Porter. I believe it's a Crawford win as well and probably a stoppage. And then what happens next? We'll find out. Keep listening to the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. Bye.